You are listening to Concrete Conversations, an informative podcast brought to you by the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. We represent the concrete masonry and segmental paving manufacturers in Australia. Our podcast will discuss technical information and case studies with some special guests from our industry. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. On today's Concrete Conversations, I am pleased to welcome back Jack Gill, our engineering lead and general manager, to talk a little bit about building codes and how they relate to masonry. So we are going to decode the codes. Welcome, Jack. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. All right. So let's just start with what do we need to refer to when we start building in concrete masonry? Yeah, so it's a really great question and one that's not really well documented in terms of how to answer that for a lot of people. And it forms a lot of the questions we get here at the CMAA. (laughs) Um, However, it is really quite simple when you start to break it down and get a bit of a checklist almost for what you need to be looking for and what boxes essentially you need to tick. So why don't we start at the National Construction Code? What do we need to know there? Yeah, so that's a great first place to start. The National Construction Code, or the NCC, as it's affectionately known within the industry, this is your legally binding document that actually sets your minimum standards and your requirements for all buildings in Australia. So this is an Australia-wide document that all building designers and construction professionals need to actually adhere to. And it sets out different requirements for different types of buildings. So the first thing that we need to think about when we're designing with concrete masonry is the type of structure that we're actually going to be building and whether that's a residential home, whether it's a garage, a school, any type of building. And this will actually dictate which section of the NCC we actually have to refer to. So there's two volumes that we need to be considerate of, and that's volume one and volume two. We like to keep it simple here in the engineering and construction world. So we've got two volumes. What does volume one deal with? So NCC Volume 1 deals with our commercial buildings. So this is basically going to be any building that's not a residential home or a single dwelling. So this will be anything from an apartment building, a hospital, a school, all of your large scale buildings that will be used for a range of different purposes. Anything that's actually not your own home. Correct. And within that Volume 1, what are the sections that we're really looking at here and what do they relate to? So if we go through our checklist, we really want to look at the key proponents being, you know, structural adequacy. So ensuring that our building's going to stay standing for the lifetime. We want to look at fireproofing. We want to look at weatherproofing. And we also want to look at energy efficiency and condensation. So those are some of the key provisions within NCC Volume 1. And for masonry, it actually has its own section. So it becomes really easy to almost pick and choose the key pieces of information you need to look at to ensure your building adheres to the code. Okay, so now let's talk about volume two, and there have been some changes and integrations with that one. Exactly. So volume two of the NCC is used for our residential homes. So if you're a homeowner looking to build a home or you're an architect primarily working in the residential space, this code is going to become your best friend. And once again, we're looking for those key areas of design from structural adequacy, fireproofing, weatherproofing, as well as energy efficiency. So you can see that a lot of the principles behind the design of the codes actually marries up between the volumes. But as you can imagine, the requirements for a hospital vary quite significantly to the requirements of your own residential home. And that's the reason why they're broken up into those two key sections. 
So as you know, with the National Construction Code, it's released every three years. We're following 2019, but now we're transitioning into 2022. So what do we need to look forward to in that volume? Yeah, it's a good question and it's kind of a funny one. We're sitting here recording this in 2023, (laughs) about to start adopting NCC 2022 on the 1st of May this year. Confused yet? We're trying to make it simple. (laughs) (laughs) So as of 1st of May this year, we're going to be changing over to the NCC 2022, which has some significant improvements in different areas of the code. So one provision, Jack, that I think warrants a little bit more explanation is the Australian Building Codes Board Housing Provision Standard. What's this all about? So this is a key structural change that's actually happened in between NCC 2019 and NCC 2022. So obviously at the start of this podcast, we were talking about Volume 1 and Volume 2, and that is really how the structure's always gone for the National Construction Code. In the 2022 revision, we actually have this new document or this new side section, the ABCB Housing Provision Standard, that is used in combination or in conjunction with Volume 2. So the easiest way that I can sort of wrap my head around it is I like to think that now NCC Volume 2 functions as a very structural, legally binding document that's actually quite short now. It's significantly shorter than Mm -hmm. Volume 2 in 2019. The ABCB Housing Provision Standard actually has all the meat and all the information on how you design your buildings. So instead of referring simply to Volume 2, you can actually look at a combination of the Housing Provision Standard as well as NCC 2022 Volume 2. And the key sections on masonry design and on energy efficiency and weatherproofing, all of that key information is actually contained within the housing provision standard moving forward. And what does this mean for like deemed to satisfy? Because this is a question we get asked all the time. Let's maybe explore that. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So the way that we actually design our buildings, obviously in Australia, we don't want to limit the ways in which building designers go about this. So within the NCC and within the ABCB housing provisions, as we've just mentioned, whatever information that's contained within there um, and whatever design guidelines it provides you with, those are known as deemed to satisfy solutions. And essentially the layman's way of explaining that is that if you follow exactly what's written in the NCC, you can actually submit that documentation and that immediately meets the criteria to ensure that your building is legally compliant. Now, where it gets a little bit tricky is that let's say you wanted to actually design something that may not necessarily meet the criteria that's set within Mm. the National Construction Code. And, you know, we want to ensure that building designers have the freedom to innovate and explore the many different ways they want to use concrete masonry. It happens a lot with creativity as well. Exactly. And and what we actually end up getting there is what's known as a performance solution. Mm. So there's two different pathways, deemed to satisfy or DTS, and a performance solution. And with a performance solution, what we essentially do is we allow building designers, engineers, architects to actually be able to justify what they're designing. And if they're able to justify that using precedent case studies or recent research, then essentially you can still meet the requirements of the NCC in that regard. Mm. So it requires a little bit more documentation, a few more steps, definitely a bit more time and money as well. 
but it allows us to get different types of buildings in our built environment. But from our experience, Jack, this is actually a really positive step forward because, you know, there's always been a lot of confusion around performance-based design and deemed to satisfy. So this does bring it all together. Exactly. It just gives you the freedom to choose. So, you know, if you're building something that you know is going to meet whatever's in the National Construction Code, it becomes quite easy to submit that documentation. If you want to try something new or something that may not necessarily have the information within the code, you still have the freedom and the pathway to go down and complete that option. All right. So we're now on to Australian standards. Uh, We obviously love AS3700, which is masonry structures. What do we need to look at in this particular one? Yeah, so Australian standards form obviously a really important part within our sort of national construction code. So these are the documents that are actually cited within the NCC as being your deemed to satisfy standards. So with regards to AS3700, which is our masonry standard, this is actually what we'll use to design any type of masonry building in Australia, whether it be residential or a commercial building. And The standards are really great at breaking all of this big piece of information on masonry design into really nice small key steps. So again, I've mentioned the idea of structure, fire, weatherproofing. These standards will actually go through and dictate how you should meet all of these really intricate requirements. So anything from ensuring that your building can remain fireproof in the event that it's exposed to fire all the way up to ensuring that your flashings and your windows are detailed correctly so water doesn't get into your home. And that's not the only Australian standard that we look at. We also look at AS4773, which is masonry in small buildings. What do we need to look at there, Jack? So as the name suggests, this is masonry in small buildings. and, And what we mean by that is residential homes. So this is actually buildings that would conform to NCC volume two. So your residential homes uh, and your garages. And this standard is actually really similar to AS3700, except it has some different concessions noting that small masonry buildings may not need to have as stringent structural and weatherproofing requirements compared to, let's say, you know, your schools and your hospitals. All right. And then the last one that we're going to just touch on is AS4455, which is really around compressive strength. Yeah. So AS4455 actually dictates what our individual masonry units need to conform to. So this is actually what our CMAA members, our manufacturers need to be really aware of. So this standard's actually separated into three parts. So you've got a part for masonry units themselves, as well as pavers, and as well as segmental retaining wall units. So depending on the type of masonry unit our manufacturers are producing, that's the standard they'll refer to. And within AS4455, we're looking at things, as you said, including compressive strength, integrity, durability of units, and we have a range of different tests that our manufacturers will do on site to ensure that their products will last the test of time. And look, the final thing that we want to probably shine a light on is our own free in-house manual, MA55. This is our most downloaded manual across all of our masonry tools. And what is this about? Yes, I'm going to preface this by saying this this is maybe going to sound a little sad, but it is honestly one of my favourite books and it's something that I actually cite all the time at work here. I'm always trying to rip it off you. Exactly. <laughs> no, and it's great. It's honestly, it condenses all the information that you find within both the NCC as well as the Australian standards into a one-stop shop. So it makes it really easy for a building practitioner, a homeowner, an architect to look at one source and get all the required information. And this is what makes it really easy to look at 
everything that we've covered today from structure all the way up to, you know, your fire and your weatherproofing. And to make it even easier, we've actually split it into the three sections, A, B and C. So maybe take us for a walk through those. Yeah, so section A within MA55 looks at your information regarding the manufacturing and the categorization of our products. So similar to what we were touching on before with AS4455, it looks at how our actual members here at the CMAA ensure their units are up to par and ensure that they're going to last throughout the lifetime of your masonry build. And then you've got section B, which is actually our design of concrete masonry buildings. This is the section that the engineers will love. This goes through (laughs) all of your different equations for structure, bending, compression, as well as all of your information to do with acoustics and thermal performance. So you get a lot of really dense information there that's presented in a really user-friendly manner. Lots of spreadsheets. Exactly. Lots of spreadsheets behind that one. And then finally, we have section C, which is actually our construction of concrete masonry buildings. So this is one for our builders and contractors out there. And this illustrates the methods and standards involved with ensuring that the construction process is adhered to, to ensure the longevity of your build. Jack, we have covered a lot of information this morning in this particular podcast, and I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed about it. But let me see if I've got this recap nearly correct. What we looked at first was the National Construction Code, and that was the 2019 version. We are transitioning into the 2022 version and we've gone through some of the changes in that. And we looked at what we need to look at in volume one of the National Construction Code and in volume two. And then we also looked at out of that the Australian Building Codes Board Housing Provision Standard. And again, this is part of that transition to the 2022 version of the National Construction Code. We then wandered into Australian standards and here we looked at a AS 3700, AS 4773 and AS4455, all really important and obviously focusing on the parts of masonry that you need to look at before you begin to build. And finally, we spoke about our own in-house research tools, MA55, which is just if you're a spreadsheet lover, a calculations lover, you're going to absolutely love this particular manual. It's our most popular manual because I do feel that it caters to both those engineers that want to get really into the detail, but also those people that are looking for a really simple, easy way to understand sometimes a very comprehensive topic. I hope I've covered that, Jack. I think you've just about nailed it, Elizabeth. We'll make an engineer out of you yet. (laughs) Jack, if people require more clarity after they've downloaded all of these things that will be in our show links, how else can they get in touch? Definitely would recommend having a look at our CMAA website, particularly our technical manual section. But of course, you're more than welcome to give us a call here at the CMAA. We have a technical hotline on our website and we also have an email link there as well. So please feel free to reach out if you're after any additional information. And when people call, they will be speaking with a real person and we do provide this information to make it easy to design in masonry. Jack, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about decoding the codes for masonry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for ideas of what to talk about. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, There's a link in our show notes to let us know.